this about me. I'm a zombie lover. Like anything to do with the zombie genre, I am so about it in every way, shape, or form. I, I think you embody the term fanatic. Yes. I, I do. I it, you know, for my pop Funko, I just I have always been fascinated with zombies. And I really I don't know why. But they just have always intrigued me. In fact, I'm going to even give you my top five zombie movies of all time. Top five before we start? Yep, top five before we even start. Oh, we'll see if this list changed after we get through all this. Okay. All right, what so, do you got? I would say number five is the original Night of the Living Dead, a true yes. classic. True classic. Number four, 28 Days Later, because it Ooh. reinvented the zombie, the zombie speed, and it was just incredible. Number three, Dawn of the Dead. Okay, that's a good Se- one. 78 or, or 2004 version, I could go either or. Number okay. two, one of the best movies I have ever seen and a totally different take, Train to Busan. Ooh, I have not seen that one, but oh, I've heard good things. Heard so good. good. Things. But the ultimate, ultimate number one zombie movie ever, and I am going to, I know I'm going to get flack for this, and I don't care, Shaun of the Dead. Shot of the I was not expecting that in oh, your top five, but it's a great movie. Oh my god, I could not, I can't get enough of it. Like, it is literally that combination of British humor and, and zombie film. Are you kidding? There Dude. can't be a better combination. Dude, all right. Well, let's get into this thing. It's zombie hunting time now. It is zombie hunting time. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome again to Story Time with the Historists, the podcast for world history students and teachers and enthusiasts. It's world history, but told our way. And tonight, Tonight, hunting humans. Dude, it's obvious, right? We're hitting zombies. I'm so excited about this. Um, we're going to take this in some pretty unexpected ways because, you know, obviously we're recording this on the eve of, of Halloween, um, you know, spooky season right here, right now. Um, however, when we started getting into the story, we started finding all sorts of, you know, really what I think would be fair to say is like we should have known. We should have known when it comes to the history of of not just zombies, but the the horror genre, the people, like all of it. So um, I think we just got to hop right into this. Uh, We got a slew of sources to acknowledge real quick. Um, NPR furnished a couple of podcasts that we we delved into. Mm -hmm. Um, The first one was Code Switch, where we looked at WordWatch Zoinks, tracing the history of zombie from Haiti to the CDC by Lakshmi Mm -hmm. Gandhi. Um, and then we also took a look at a history of zombies in America, um, which was part of Through Lines podcast. Um, that was with Lainey Kaplan Levinson and Rune Abdelafata. I nice hope job. I said that correctly. Um, I think I did pretty well on that one. Um, and then we also pulled some information from PBS's Monstrum, The Origins of Zombies from Haiti to the U.S., uh, which is a three-part series. Uh, it's part of the American Storyteller Project. That is awesome. Um, it was mm-hmm. done right at the beginning of the pandemic. Uh, definitely, you know, you can check out all three parts, or there's also a full-length documentary. It's nice. like uh, 90 minutes long, which is pretty cool. Um, and then we also took a look at TED Talks, um, The Dark History of Zombies by Christopher Mormon, and synthesized those together. And then we pulled in all sorts of the sub small sources, world history sort of stuff, to throw this thing together. So if you're not, like, strapped in, listener, ready to roll, let's oh, get going. And Jen, I'm going to do context this time because I okay. think this is the only way I'm going to get a word in. Because once oh, we yeah, get this... going, I know you're going to be flowing. So do you think zombies actually exist? That's the first question. Word before we even do I do. I, I do. But I, do I, I think when we get into the context part of this, I think listeners will understand why. All right? Agreed. So if we're talking zombies, unfortunately, we got to take a, a like a very story time with the history. It's horrible right turn I know, into seriously. I thought we were awful world history. This. this is just like with 
our Thanksgiving episode. Yeah. When we were like, oh, it's going to be turkeys and gravies. And then it was like literally dead bodies Genocide. falling yeah. off of the, yeah, it's just awfulness uh, from top to bottom. Um, and that's where we're going to be because we have to talk about the Atlantic slave trade. Um, which is something that occurred in the 17th century mainly, although it really begins in the 16th century after the depopulation of the Americas due to smallpox and European colonization, yeah. right? And so, unfortunately, what happens is this. Um, the Europeans, after Columbus comes over and he makes his you know initial contacts with the Tainos and everything else, uh, the Europeans, specifically the Spanish first, but then later like the English and the Portuguese mm-hmm. and the French and the Dutch, and pretty much whatever, you know, people could get on a boat and make their way across the Atlantic, start coming over and setting up colonies. Right. And they start setting up, um, like, basically plantation farms. However, there's not a lot of labor that's left. Um, the Spanish first, like, you know, famously tried this uh, encomienda system, mm-hmm. where it's like a, a basically a corvée labor system. So come in, uh, get a, a note from the king that says you can get these natives, have them come, pay quote-unquote tribute, which is really just show up, work for free for a period of time, and then leave. Right. That's what a corvée is. Right. However, the Amerindian populations are plummeting all across the Americas during this time period because of disease. So then the Spanish pivot to the Hacienda system, which is like the here it's all this land. Europeans come over, Spanish come over, whomever, to start working the land. And we'll, you know, we'll, you could have all, a huge amount of the proceeds. We just want a tax cut. This right. will be great. The Spanish come over and they start dying or they, the climate's too much for them or the yeah. work is too much for them. They don't want to do the work. Right. And so many of them leave and they go back to Europe. Right. right. So how do you solve this problem? Enter slavery, which well, yeah. basically is just we're going to do the quick version of this. Portuguese traders working with Arab and Bantu African people uh, and the West Coast of Africa and Central Africa start taking slaves from the interior of Africa and moving them to the West Coast of Africa, where English, Spanish, Portuguese, French, all those people that we mentioned just a couple of minutes ago are purchasing slaves. However, this is a new form of slavery, slavery called chattel slavery. So there's no, yeah, yeah, exactly. There's no ending, right? The corvée, which, you know, the encomiendas, kind of like the mita system that Mm -hmm. uh, existed in the Americas for, you know, centuries beforehand. However, the black African slaves are just going to be, like you said, property. And there's no end in sight for these slaves who are being brought over to the new world to work on mainly sugar plantations. We're going to get into sugar plantations way more in a little bit. Yeah. However... All of what we're seeing here is definitely owed in large part to the Colombian exchange and that quick, you know, movement of, you know, animals and plants and microbes back and forth across the Atlantic and bridging together two hemispheres that have been disconnected for thousands of years. Mm-hmm. All this deep in world. I can hear myself speaking and I can hear our students snoozing. They're like, where are the zombies? Where are we at? However, <laughs> it's totally really important to just understand that, um, Everything that's happening here, uh, all the zombie stuff, all that we have, it's all linked up to that Colombian exchange system and uh, the the mass die off of of people and the harsh living and working conditions that existed in these early colonies that the Europeans are setting up. And it's truly just awful, right? It's it's horrific. And students, again, that would be a good example of historical context. That's Um, historical context, right? But there's also something else at play here contextually and it's another one of our big world uh, history themes Mm -hmm. um, because zombieism also owes in large part to religious syncretism which is um, definitely something that was on the rise during this exact same time period of colonization 
And may I interject real hell? Once again, students, if you don't know this, and we've told you to know it a hundred times, secretism <laughs> is, is the blending of religions, blending of different ideas to create something new. That's exactly right. And what's being blended here is Catholicism and the Amerindians' animist uh, population, uh, uh, you know, not populations, right. um, animist worship systems mm -hmm. and polytheistic religions. Um, and then that's also being blended a third time over with African populations yep. that are coming over and they're bringing over their beliefs as well. And so we see all this big mashup going on and this mashup really is allowed to happen by the, the Catholic monks and priests and missionaries that are coming over because of the Protestant reformation, which we're not even going to get into oh God, that no. listener. Nope, you nope. just got to go check out our, our uh, episode on the Protestant reformation lightning strikes. It's in our back catalog. We got you all taken care of there. However, what ends up happening is we get all of these new religions that are formed, right? So just like kind of globetrotting real quick across this new colonial landscape, you've got like the Lady of Guadalupe being set up in Mexico, uh, the practice of Santeria and Palo Mayambe in Cuba. And then for us, most importantly, the voodoo religion, which yep. like in the original African form that's coming out of Central and West African uh, Africa is called Vodou. Um, not the same. Voodoo is the syncretic no. religion. Vodou is the African religion, although they share some names, right? Yep. So all of this mashup, all these people, all these things on the move, you know, and everybody converges in the Caribbean on these uh -huh. sugar plantations where we get this like hybridization of all of these new systems and this all brings about zombies it does right? and this is and it it starts this way because really when we look at the sugar plantations in brazil or in the caribbean they're horrific horrific working conditions so and bad. again part of it is because the uh, europeans have created racist ideas to justify their racism and enslavement of people and so they see them as property they see them as animals and that's the way they're going to treat them we know that slaves, especially the males, came over. They were viewed as property, not people mm -hmm. at all. I mean, legitimately viewed as animals. Um, and since there is no limit to how you can treat an animal, that it's basically we'll treat it however we want to treat it in order to get the work we want, then we're going to have some really, really, really major issues. And like you would mentioned earlier, with chattel slavery, there is no time limit. And there are no restrictions or boundaries at all that we saw maybe under the encomienda or the hacienda right. or the Mita system. And so slaves would work unbelievably long days, 14, 16 hours, even longer, that the slave driver who was really like the manager, the slave driver was the right. manager on these plantations, um, often would use brutal force to oh, So bad. Yes. Yeah, so, I mean, we're not going to have enough time to get into it. I, I think um, listeners, if you're out there, Dan Carlin has an amazing Blitz episode. It's like five hours long where he talks all about slavery and the Atlantic slave mm. trade. And he has like an hour and a half breakdown of the sugar plantation system in um, Cuba and on uh, San Dominique, which is where you know we're going to be setting most of mm -hmm. our story early on here. Um, so I would totally recommend checking that out. He gets deep into the source work in a yeah. way that we just don't – we don't have five hours. We, no, we, we don't. can't do that. No. <laughs> right. It's yeah, just, but just, check that out. It's unbelievable brutality, whether it's whip, cat of nine tails, uh, burning, branding. It, it's just things you wouldn't even do to an animal, in all honesty. Let's really be honest. And Yo, again, but why – like. Can I cut in real quick and ask you a question? Like, why would, like, if you want all these, you know, you're buying people to work, like, why why treat them so harshly? Well, because you don't want them to rebel. 
you don't want them you don't want them to leave the plantation you don't want them to get any ideas they're often used as examples for other slaves on the plantation and again they're not trying to kill them it's because again they need the labor source but dehumanize dehumanize them and then not only do they feel less human other people see them as less human and again it's easier to justify the slavery in that case oh man so you're really just working people down to the bone Yeah. yeah man so that's where this like th- that's kind of the the work context of, of mm-hmm. what we're seeing here when voodoo this this new syncretic religion sort of hits the scene um we're going to be in san dominique which is modern day haiti for for everybody who's yep. listening at home uh and this idea of the zombie that gets transported over from west and central africa makes its way into this context and i think a good note just for everybody like voodoo voodoo these separate religions these traditions these are incredibly complex and yes. uh, just us utilizing that term voodoo or we're going to talk about these sorcerer type people uh called vocors here in a second there's a, a highly contentious uh relationship with this terminology and slavery mm-hmm. in the western tradition um it's super super complex uh one of the sources we were looking at um refer to this type of voodoo in this discussion as quote vulgar voodoo mm-hmm. um and so we we just want to recognize that there's definitely some feeling that some of these terms are pejorative or that they've been bastardized or or co-opted um however we're going to utilize the language um that many of the professors that we were reading and listening to and those sources that we mentioned above uh refer to um and we're just gonna you know hope for the best but we totally recognize um that if anybody's out there with some background knowledge of this uh, like there's definitely some loaded vocabulary Correct. here yeah all right, all right so, so talk to us about zombies all right so it all starts with this idea of this west african sorcerer named a bakor and a bakor was somebody who had the ability to cast spells or mix up like different poisons or potions or mm-hmm. um, there was this like crazy melted harvard professor who went over to haiti in the 70s and, and he was like i have found that there are these powders that can be uh given to people to force them into the zombies so there's like a west craven made a movie about this in the 80s where oh yeah like, reanimation blowing, or something like yeah, 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 yeah. blowing powders no, that people's, was, yeah, yeah, yeah yeah so like but however what, what seems to be a consensus is that the pakor had this ability to transform people and we're going to trigger warn here because we're going to talk about the three main ways that we've seen zombies being created in the slave plantation Melu, that you described right. above um, and we're going to start with the most common form of zombie creation which is this basically if a slave wanted a way out of the brutality of enslavement they could die by suicide right However, a person who does this might not end up back in Africa. They can't go back to like the ancestral plane. Like if you've seen again right. Black Panther, right? You know, right. some people have seen that um, kind of ma- manifest. In the- Instead, what would end up happening is that your body would remain in the cane fields, and that was a direct result of the fact that the the core who might be working with the slave plantation drivers that you talked about above mm-hmm. may have like taken the soul and trapped it in a liquor bottle. And then that person's body is bound to the plantation, right? Well, I heard from this uh, University of California Irvine professor, Amy Willens, who said, quote, to become a zombie was the slave's worst nightmare to be dead and still a slave. An eternal field hand would be a horrible punishment. Now, did this tie in also, because we talked about the blending and mashing up of religions, does this tie in with Christianity as well? The yeah, idea of that, suicide is a sin? Exactly. And I think that's where you see that syncretism sort of piece, because in the West African tradition, the zombie was somebody who maybe was reanimated or captured, but mm-hmm. there wasn't this punishment 
aspect right. to it, right? So that's where you can get that syncretic piece. The next like alternative mythology that we see uh, could be that the Bokor could capture a soul of someone who is recently deceased, and the soul could be stored by the Bokor. The corpse yeah. would then be reanimated uh, and do the bidding of the Bokor himself. This idea is somewhat similar to what we see in religions like Palo Mayambe and uh-huh. the idea of an Nganga, where you could take mystical energies and then you could utilize them for your own good. However, here, what ends up happening is the Bokor can just, like poison people or whatever. They can they can get these bodies, and oftentimes they would like pass these people off as dead and bury them, and then they dig them up and then hide these bodies, um, uh, these zombie bodies, often like sheds and stuff. And then the Bokor could just work these slaves and not have to worry about like feeding them or housing them or anything, right? So that's the second most common way we see the zombie and then the third most common Wait, way can, we can see... i interrupt just for oh, a yeah, second yeah. i have a quick question so with with the second one did the bokur take the soul of one body and reanimate it into another one or did it have to be the same body no like imagine like this in- extraction where mm-hmm. like the the soul is being like drawn out like um what's uh the green mile you know when yes. when the guy spits out like the like something yep, like that yep, yep. Right. Okay. And but it's trapped inside of like usually a rum bottle or a liquor bottle is how it was often described in the sources that I was reading. And then this person, like the this, the body would stay there. And this is where I think like this kind of the, the belief system of Vodou is really important here. In the mm-hmm. Vodou tradition, there's this belief that your soul has like two parts. There's the part of you that like loves music and loves dance and loves zombies right. and has like lots of crazy music takes it now when he appreciates on your podcast there's that side of you <laughs> yes. and then there's this other side of you uh your soul that like works your limbs and your body and everything else and what the pacor does oh, is they steal from you they capture the essence of you that part of you that makes you you and what's left is the part of your soul that like can work your body and that that like undying body is what the Bokor has as labor. Oh, there we go. And that's that's the kind of zombie we're going to see in pop culture a little yeah. bit later on. Gotcha. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. And then there's one more. There's this uh, Brown University lecturer that I listened to. His name was uh, Patrick uh, Sylvain. And he just mm-hmm. talked about this idea. Like, here, I'll just read his quote. Okay. Uh, it, the Haitian sugar plantations, was a place where the slaves were broken right to be made docile and servile. This person com- becomes, in a sense, a machine of production. And therefore, the loss of the will, symbolically speaking, is the person becomes a zombie. The slave is the perfect zombie then, right? Yeah. And so yeah. really what he's just talking about is somebody just like losing their will to live right? and then just being worked down to the bone. Like you talked about this like horrible dehumanization effect. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So I- I'm just thinking like, Certainly not to the same extent as slavery, and so please, listeners, understand that I recognize that. But you you look at anybody who's engaged in, like, whether it's chain gangs or the same job over and over and over and over and over again, the the idea that you are little more than just physical movement at that point. For sure. And that, and that's exactly what Sylvain is talking about. Like he says, he goes on like, quote, these are people who refuse to submit themselves to the harshness of slavery right. and end up wanting to die uh, as a result. And then that's where you can kind of get the book core piece in there as well. Yeah. However, in that same piece, I did read something that like 
kind of gets back a little bit of the humanity for people. And then yeah. again, like check out, please check out the Carlin uh, work if you want to get deep into this. There was this other person, this uh, American Studies at Wesleyan University professor uh, named Elizabeth McAllister, who talked about the idea that the zombie also became part of the miso mythos of the Haitian slave revolution. Mm. And many of like the because that revolution jet like, it gets so horribly bloody oh, uh, the I chronicles know. of like Ugh. the slaves who rose up and were like burning their former masters to death um the executions just really horribly gnarly yeah. stuff a lot of the slaves who saw this otherworldly like violence that was being perpetrated by some of these slave revolt leaders mm -hmm. believed that these people were also zombies that like no human being could ever be so bad and especially nobody from the slave ranks mm -hmm. who knows what it means to be like in bondage and broken and feel that pain that these like horrible avenging angels almost they were zombies and Damn. they were the ones that were creating the violence and then when the the bakors and the slave population got those avenging angel revolt leaders yeah. to under control that was like the pacification of the zombies right Mm -hmm. And that happens in 1805. And I would say it's right around then that the Haitians lose control of the zombie they, myth. They do indeed. And it starts to transfer into somebody else's hands. So that's when we start getting into zombies and pop culture almost immediately after the Haitian Revolution. Although it does kind of take like 75 years to really trickle into the Americas. It does. And I'd, I'd really like to thank you for taking one of my favorite movie genres ever and now making me hate it because of the sinister It's story backlash. time with a history. I know. I'm sorry. This you is the suck. exact same thing that we did with Thanksgiving. God. It started out as something nice and it ends up with horror. However, let's be clear because we're going to have some fun with this to close this yeah, thing out. We really are. The, Pop culture zombies are definitely not the same as like the zombie mythos that we see in That's Haiti. That's although really there true. is some pretty like horrible, bumpy <laughs> sort of things that happen along the way. And you need to stop talking. You keep ruining it for me. I know. Okay, I'm gonna turn it over to you. So really, uh, now in all fairness, like when when we see zombies originally show up in pop culture, it's early in the late 19th century, early 20th century. Um, one of the first things I do want to talk about, though, is it becomes one of the first times we see it in pop culture. You remember like yellow journalism and mm -hmm. and all that stuff with 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 Spain and the main yep. and invasions invading Haiti and stuff like that. Well, in 1915, there was a writer named William Seabrook, and he was working for the New York Times. And he talked about the, quote, phenomenon in Haiti where someone is basically punished by having their soul extracted and by being made to work in the cane fields. Now, we, we've seen the historical references to that earlier than what you're talking about. But again, if this is the time where we're the United States is invading Haiti, I think this is an attempt to show, hey, these people are less civilized than us, and so therefore we have the right to take over. So that's like the first written uh, re reference to zombieism we see. But then what's going to end up happening is that um, – it gets even worse because Seabrook will also say, and again, quote, the zombie, they say, is a soulless human corpse, still dead, but taken from the grave and endowed by sorcery with a mechanical semblance of life. And once again, he may have been fascinated with this in general, but this is a very negative connotation, a very ethnocentric, racist overtone. Oh, I see what you're sort of saying. Like, he's saying, like, 
you think there's some subtones here of like oh I totally do the, the like the 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 black Haitian you know yep. former slaves are people devoid of culture and like the ability to like all they do is work and there's not like that like animated sort of like esprit de corps that makes people people right yeah. oh dude that's pretty sinister it is terrible right and then it's proven even more so in 1932 when we get really one of the first zombie movies called white zombie wait what white zombie is a movie i know see I thought and you just, just thought sweet... rob zombie picked yeah. his ba- nan for nothing i know right which like i don't even care if people don't like rob zombie's awesome his movies are awesome I do his music is awesome his music i do like rob zombie and white zombie i do and he's a cool person too should we like put in a little white zombie right now yeah we'll, we'll definitely drop some white zombie in right now Did you like the did you like it? It's awesome. it still I know. hits. It still it hits. does. It it's again very it's effective music. Anyway, um back yeah. to this uh white this white zombie movie. It's basically it portrayed all the Haitians as devil worshippers. So that's messed up, dude. Right. So like what's the movie about? Well, it's it's kind of about this um there's this white woman who's enslaved, right? Of course. And yeah, of course it's a. Of course it is. <laughs> of course it's a white woman. It's a God, the there's a racism just like right in black, your face. I mean, right off the bat, right? And there's a Bocor who owns a sugar plantation, and on the sugar plantation there is a main victim. Um, but it's not because it's it's hard to explain. the The main character, the main victim in the movie, is the white woman, right? Of course okay. it is. And the Bocor is doing his little magic on this plantation. Um, and really, we get a lot of this information from NPR with this fact that it's about white rather than African zombies. So in this film, oh. a young couple named Madeline and Neil are talked into getting married on a Haitian plantation by the owner. You know, this, <laughs> what a horrible cause, destination cause Who doesn't want to go to a Haitian slave plantation to get married? Dude, like... It- just the smell alone. Have you ever been by the cane fields or anything like that? It smells no. so bad. Really? Yeah, because there's so much manure oh, right, and then right, right. like rendered cane and then there's like burning smells because you burn it all down. Like It would just smell like burning poo. That's disgusting. Happy wedding. So, <laughs> so Madeline and Neil, they're going to have this wonderful wedding. But honestly, the only reason they're there is because the plantation owner wants to seduce Madeline. Oh, dude, I see here in the notes. That's a pretty – Bella Lugosi. Oh, plays- come on. That's yeah, he's, pretty he's, awesome. Yeah, he's he's all zombie. It. He's a he's Dracula, dude. That's fine. You know what's crazy? Like, um, is there's really good connections here, and we can't get into it like too deep. But like, this also this this movie is taking place in the early 30s. It right. coincides with the white slavery scare in oh, the totally. United States. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, which is where we get a lot of like restrictive like miscegeny laws. You know, intermarriage between races right. and all that sort of stuff. Um, which didn't go away until the 1960s right yeah. uh, and even so, then like, not to that much of an extent yeah, yeah dude that's crazy so a lot of this sort of stuff is kind of just like these early movies i kind of think we can read them because I'm, I'm looking we got a whole list of movies here yeah and the one thing they all seem to have in common is they reinforce like the jim crow south oh they totally do the danger it's the danger of the the black the white woman when with the black man i mean it's disgusting it is so racist and so horrible but let me tell you let me tell you with how the story is going to go ready with this movie yeah, um yeah. 
So basically, the owner is plotting to seduce the bride. And so he teams up with the Creole mill owner. And for uh-huh. our AP students, Creole, you know what that is, yeah, played by right. Bella Lugosi, who, in all fairness, is a tremendous horror movie actor. Yeah, he's awesome. Still in a racist movie, though, so I, I'm liking yeah. him a little bit less. Yeah. And basically, so this mill owner gives him a zombie potion to use on Madeline. And then Madeline becomes a zombie and can be used however she, he wants to use her. I mean, it's just gross. Total white slavery stuff. Yeah. Absolutely, did. So we get all this crazy sort of stuff, all this, the, you know, these super racist movies. But that's why number five movie on your list hits so oh. hard because in 68, Night of the Living it's Dead so debuts, good. right? The Romero flicks, so, so good. Even the 1990 remake is pretty awesome, yeah. right? Well, yeah. it's not bad because you've got like Romero's part of that. And then who's the director? Um, he's in, you know, um, from Dust Till Dawn, which is a oh, pretty cool vampire movie yeah, in its, it's own That's right. actually a pretty good one. Yeah, I'll but, think of his name. This is great radio. Night this- of the Living Dead, first of all, gives us the absolute most classic horror movie line ever. They're coming to get you, Barbara. I mean, oh, come on. Dude, such a great movie, dude. So and, and- like – Ugh. What makes that movie pretty awesome also is it takes this whole idea of, um, you know, the 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 black man being this like terrorizer mm-hmm. zombie thoughtless, and it flips out on his head because the oh, protagonist yeah. in that movie, the guy named Ben, ben yeah. he's a black man, yeah, and he saves all the white people. Oh, he totally it, does because God, if the white that woman, I and I don't know her the actress's name, and I do apologize, and I know that she was, um, because Romero, this was actually a very very. Uh, developed part of the script. Like he intended this. Uh, she was, um, and on purpose, right? This poor white woman who can't do anything. And then, and then you've got the greed of the white people a little bit later on, that couple oh, yeah. who let their daughter become a zombie. And if it wasn't for Ben. Oh, yeah. They'll be dead. Yeah. And we, and we can't, for very obvious reasons, you and I know, we can't talk about the end of the movie. It's, it's too good. There's yeah. too much going on there. Um, Tom but it's Savini. So Tom Savini's the director. Is that the, the guy remake. who played Jason Voorhees too? I think he he's done all sorts of stuff. Like you go through, he's like you know Machete Kills, and like he's part of the, the Mariachis, all that sort of stuff. He's in lots of great movies. Yeah, you check him out. Tom Savini's awesome. I guarantee right? you, it's something to do with Friday the Thirteenth because my son has talked about him a lot, and my uh, son is fascinated by slasher movies. See, the other thing that comes out of this too. Now we can start nerding out yeah. on this sort of yeah. stuff. Is in '68 we see the whole like eating of flesh and this First desire time, yeah. to eat human beings and all that sort of, sort of uh, come out. And then at 85, we get the next like awesome installment, right? Which is the whole eating of brains. What movie is that? Uh, 85. Isn't that, is that return of the living dead? I think it is. Yeah. It's, is this I, the one look, where the zombies look super stupid though? Yeah. The, 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 the effects suck. Okay. But the storyline is good. Yeah, totally. I just, IMDB in this thing yeah, in real it's time. The dumbest looking zombie. They're not great. However, no, the eating of brains and like taking yes. it to that next level, that's pretty awesome, right? Well, yeah. And, then and after that's... like 85, it's like the, this is the golden age of the zombie movie. Oh, it now. is. It, there's so much to do. Like, and I know like the original Dawn of the Dead came out in 1978 and it was really good, but you're right. The 2004 version is really, really good. Um, and then we just see so many other movies coming out. I would actually say the late 90s. To the early 2000s is where we're yeah. really hitting the the high point of the zombie genre, and they're well, fascinating. Cause, 
because you had all sorts of different zombies. You had like speed zombie, like you talked about, like 28 days oh, later and Dawn of the stopped, Dead both. Yeah. Tw- 28 days later was unbelievably revolutionary because really up until that movie, the zombies had been these traditionally slow moving things. Like if you get caught in a big herd, you're SOL. But if you could get fast enough away from the zombies, you would be fine. Then all of a sudden, it, with 28 days later, these zombies, which we know because of rage inducing whatever was developed well, it's like a disease animals, too, which, yeah, is, yeah, which yeah. was also revolutionary right because yes. this was the first time this was like it wasn't magic or powders or something like that or like aliens like right plan nine from outer space is gonna right. make every that which might be the worst movie ever made um however <laughs> um like yeah this is the first time it was like this could be medical they, right? and it's like a disease or they something are like full-on sprinting zombies and they are unbelievably vicious and there's no sense of humanity or anything and and they're kind of thinking a little bit it's just a rage-filled brain with basically an usain bolt style right. that eight, scene right? there's that awesome oh. scene where like the three of them like um what's his killian murphy yeah. he's with the the two survivors that he's found trying the, to the run father. across the city yeah yeah and they're in the tunnel yeah you know, remember and you see the zombies oh coming the light from the tunnel and it's thrown it against the wall and they're like and they scream there's they're, they're like this they do screaming horrible sound sort of thing going on and it's so loud in the tunnel and it's being amplified and they, they there's this moment of realization Ugh. that like they're all going to be here and we have nowhere to go inside we're literally trapped Ugh. in this oh man so so good and then in dawn of the dead there's like so many great kills in that one like yeah, there's, there's that ones. great scene remember when they're on the roof Yep, and uh, Ving Rhames is talking to the well, on the whiteboard with the guy who yeah, owns the gun the, shop yep. across from the mall. Yeah, and they need to get him food, and then he ends up getting bit when they're trying to get the 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 food <laughs> into horrible. him. They had the dog with the backpack, yep. right? And then um, he's able to to hold the zombies off, but like he gets bit. And he, he runs up and they're talking to him on the radio. He's like, talk to me, man. Talk to me. And the guy starts writing something on the board. And then he holds up the board and it's just smeared in blood. And he, the guy's yeah. bled out and he's turned into a zombie. Like, what a great scene that is. It is. So good. There, so there's good. so many good zombie movies. But we do have to give credit to what I think is one of the greatest zombie series of all times. And that's The Walking Dead. This is yeah. this is it takes zombie appreciation to the next level it made it mainstream um it and it truly amazing and the 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 graphic novels or the graphic comics were actually done way before the series was and they were really really good and one of the biggest things that was so interesting is is we've never really figured out what caused this zombie apocalypse only that all of us had it in ourselves inside of yeah what, but what kicked it off, we don't know. And I am a, right. everybody knows I'm a huge Walking Dead fan. I've got all the Pop Funkos, posters, and everything else. Because the most fascinating thing about The Walking Dead, besides the amazing, amazing artwork with these zombies, right? The well zombie that you pull apart and the maggots come all out of it. Oh, man, the fire so zombies. Great, yeah. Oh, they're so good. The effects the in fact, that are so good. Oh, the story is not about the zombies. It is about the brutality of humanity when, excuse my language, shit gets real, right? Oh, That's yeah. really what this is all about is what are when everything goes to hell in a pan basket, how do humans treat each other? And it runs the gamut from the the most awfulness with like the the whispers who 
dress, like basically wear zombie skin and become more really super, super primitive in terms of their living styles. You've got the saviors under Negan, who is actually one of my favorite characters in The Walking Dead, who use the idea of safety to brutally control people. Like there's just so many awesome storylines. Zombie based, like dictatorships. It really, it's it's amazing what they're able to accomplish using the zombies uh, as more like, I don't want to say the backstory, but using it as a zombie apocalypse as a way to show that humanity can really freaking suck. Right. Yeah, th- those are so good. And I think like one last one we got time for we can talk about. Um, Max Brooks has done so many great things yeah. uh, out there in the zombie verse. Uh, the book, I, the movie was fine. I thought the movie was it was good, you know, general zombie flair. But yeah. World War Z, oh, so good. Yeah, the book is is but so not, amazing. I love the book. Yeah, yeah, and and there's so many. You know, it's it's so intense and it's thrilling, and, and the the idea of how all these different people overcame the zombies. Like I said, the, the, the movie, they, they did what they could right. with it. It was all right. It, it's, it's general fun zombie flair uh, with some good twists and turns. The whole thing in, in Korea, South Korea, that's really Oh, intense. God, it freaks me out when they're trying to get on the plane. And yeah. over the guy, the the like CIA agent or whatever he was, said there's the reason there's no zombies in North Korea is because they pulled everybody's teeth. Right, yeah. And he grins and he's got like no teeth, yeah. Yeah, it's totally nuts, right, and insane. Um, that one's really fun. But yeah, the book is just so good. It's most um, interesting put together books I've ever read. Yeah, yeah, I would totally recommend that one as well. Um, so yeah, there's so many good things out there. Um, we could definitely get into this, and then oh. we didn't even scratch the surface because like we'd be here for hours. Um, but then zombie inspired music. Oh, the best. Right, and I think that's where we got to go to one of my favorite bands of all time. Uh, Equal parts horror and camp, the Misfits. Yeah. Who did all sorts of stuff um, with with zombie stuff, but especially Walk Among Us, their their first like studio album, yeah, um, that hits like you know Astro Zombies, uh, Night of the Living Dead, uh, you know Skulls, which is like kind of horror slasher, but also got yeah. some some zombie imagery in there. There's just so many good um, you know zombie takes from that band. And you know, just the idea of you know Glenn Donza with the the, yeah. the emblematic zombie look, his paint, the the crimson ghost that he has. Yep. You know, that classic Misfits logo that everybody can close their eyes and see. Um, just that band really took that idea of the the zombie and the the you know unliving um group and, and brought it next level. In fact, you know, they called their fan club. You could write in and get swag from them, the Fiend Club. Yep. Right? I like a total zombie homage. And those guys used to go and watch old like you know movies, horror movies and a lot of zombie doesn't? movies. Um in the sixties and seventies, they'd just go to this little like, you know, in New Jersey uh theater and they just sit on the floor and watch these movies. These That's guys so talk awesome. about it all the time. That's um, old school. How much they loved it. Yeah. So yeah, we could get after this for so long. So there you go. Like, man, zombies. It's Halloween. Get some popcorn. Flip off the lights. I, I would say which one, Jen, you you talked about all your love. If yeah. if our listener, somebody hasn't watched a zombie movie or maybe uh, they haven't watched it in a long time, which is the one they should throw on? Oh. For purely entertainment value. For purely entertainment value, I think Dawn of the Dead. For for commentary on human for humanity, Walking Dead or Night of the Living Dead, but once again for the combination of both the entertainment, the humor, <laughs> and the true zombie genre, I just cannot recognize I cannot recommend Shaun of the Dead enough. 
Dude, it really does. I mean, oh. I think I'm going to go watch that tonight. I think that's you it. Should. I, think I can watch it over and over We're going to get out of here and we're going to go get it. All right, there you go. So before we leave, listener, remember, I think we'd be doing, we don't want to smooth over over anything. You know, it would be a huge injustice to disassociate the story of zombies from the transatlantic slave trade. Um, We don't want to, you know, the dehumanization of people that brought this about um, is horribly tragic. The genre, the music, the art that came out of uh, the zombie storytelling, especially after 1968. Super fantastic. It's got a great redemptive arc. Um, So there you go. Spooky season. Enjoy. Uh, That's the story of zombies. Um, Jen, you want to take us out? What do we got to tell the listener? How do, how always, do they find us? What do they got to do? You can support us on Anchor uh, FM. You can we're on Spotify. We're on you know Apple anywhere like that. Um, the algorithm. What is it? What do we, they can put in for the oh, algorithm? Yeah, for that for the algorithm. FTA to something simple. Shoot us with a, a basic review. Hey, we really like this. Uh, yeah. Whatever. Um, but yeah, post something helps out the pod. Yeah. Also, we have been neglectful we got some awesome new intro outro music put together yes, we for did. Us you gotta by get, our yeah. yeah friends over at the adlington music collective which is a diy uh, music recruiting group uh, out there in ohio um who threw some stuff uh, together all recorded in studio um so big big thank you to them you can find them uh we'll throw up a link um in the show notes okay. uh to the SoundCloud, um, but all sorts of experimental music, all sorts of genres. Uh, we just couldn't be more appreciative for yep. uh, their help. And then also, we got a new logo coming out. We, we do have a new stuff, logo, yeah. Potentially some new merch if, if yep. people are interested. Yep. Um, so yeah, I, I we don't have permission, but you know, for the student who made um, our new logo, we just could not be happier. We've yep. got so many awesome fans and so many great students and, and people who've become a part of this pod. And so uh, thank you to everybody who's who's helped out and donated their time uh, and their talents um, to, to kind of giving us a little bit more polish. We really appreciate it. We totally do. Now, until next time, ladies and gentlemen, have an amazing, spooky, scary Halloween. Bye. <laughs>